0: to a new episode of movies and brews where we talk movies and we drink some brews i'm your host jordan and with me is my co-host daniel ayo ayo this last weekend we set our clocks back to the 1970s and 80s so sit back relax grab a drink and let's talk some bohemian rhapsody mama Mama mia, mia mama mia mama mia let me go All right, well, before we get into our movie news here, we got a letter from a listener. Wow, really? Yeah, this uh, gentleman over in Japan wrote to us. He said, Hey guys, enjoy your podcast. Listen to it with my dog Blazer all the time. There's just one thing though. So far in your episodes, you call yourselves Moves and Brews, but so far you've not talked about any brews you've been drinking. What's up with that? I mean, that's, that's a valid criticism. Okay, well, dear Blazer owner, first off, just want to say thanks for listening to the show. We really appreciate it. And yeah, thank you for the uh, constructive criticism. So to answer your question, today we are drinking Nankathu's Slayer, one of their winter ales.
1: Yeah, you know what? Uh, It's a solid beer. Jordan and I both like it a lot. I mean, it's not our favorite uh, seasonal ever, but, you know, it's honestly a solid beer. If you've never had it before, I don't think you're going to go wrong with it. But you know what? We both just really enjoy it. So that's what we're drinking today. All right, well, let's switch gears here and do some movie news. Take it away, Daniel. Ba, 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 ba. Today in movie news. So the movie news that I have for today is starting out with the PG-13 Deadpool re-release that I've been
0: hearing about. Does that mean they're going to bleep out all the cussing?
1: I have no idea how they're going to... like. I know they've cut some scenes out. I don't know if maybe they'll just bleep them all the way through. I, I don't know what they're going to do to level, like, play this down to PG-13, but... I mean, a few things that we know now is it's going to be called Once Upon a Deadpool, which great title. Um, I, I think that's fitting because I guess it's going to be released December 12th all the way until Christmas Eve. You'll be able to see that. So you'll be able to see it for about two weeks. Awesome. And so some of the details are there's about 15 minutes of extra footage, which uh, I guess Ryan Reynolds shot with a small team in 24 hours. So, I mean, it's not going to like change. It doesn't sound like it's going to be major changes, more like set pieces, I guess. But, you know, it'll be interesting to see what they do differently. And I just really want to know how they're going to play this down. But the other news that we found out is the reason why Ryan Reynolds agreed to do this was because uh, proceeds or at least a portion of the proceeds of the ticket sales will go to a cancer charity. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah. And uh, oh man, I really hope. I think it will, but I really hope that it does open with Deadpool and Fred Savage and him telling him a story.
0: Well, he's in it, right? I think so. I've read somewhere that Fred Savage has shot a scene.
1: Okay, perfect. So it does sound like that is going to happen. That's not just a photo that was floating
0: around. Was which was hysterical, by the way. Yeah, Fred Savage is in it. Yeah, it's. going to be like princess bride style yeah
1: so i'm looking forward to see what they're gonna do no i'm for sure checking that out now i definitely i'm just gonna put this out there i think that deadpool is a rated r character but if they're doing a pg-13 for a good cause i mean
0: that's that's okay well, with me to, to be fair it's probably disney's way of testing pg-13 waters with deadpool to see if they can put him in the cinematic universe or not yeah i mean Other because i guess hopefully I w- his standalones are still are <laughs> I would, Yeah, I would love if the
1: standalone stayed R, but like they would integrate him in a PG-13 way, which I mean, because Deadpool's just silly and he's just a silly murderer. So, you know, if you
0: play down the murder aspect, I think he could fit into a PG-13 Avengers film. Yeah. Now, granted, we might be losing Tony Stark, but could you imagine like some good one on one between Tony Stark and Deadpool? Oh, my God. That would be the best. I think it'd be hilarious. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I don't know. That was really interesting to hear. I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad it's for a good cause. And I definitely. Uh, what day is that again? That it comes out. It comes out December twelfth, and it's gonna be playing up until Christmas Eve. Awesome. Yeah, go check it out. I'm checking that out. Yep. And next bit of movie news is the elusive Fantastic Four movie that was shot in the late. 80s like really early 90s at the latest that they never released like this movie was finished and people knew that it had been finished but for some reason they never released it because the studio itself was just trying to hold on to the rights because I guess this studio have was holding on to the rights for almost 10 years and they were going to lose them if they didn't make a film so they purposely made a really low budget Fantastic Four film but never got it never got released until a few days ago they put the entire film on YouTube now I haven't got a chance to watch all of it i've watched a few minutes of the beginning and like
0: 20 minute long intro
1: (laughs) yeah yeah the intro was super long but it's uh i mean i definitely want to check it out because i think it's just i don't know it's not going to be good i mean none of the fantastic four movies are good well let's be
0: fair can this be any worse than josh shrank's
1: fantastic four i mean i hope so because i'm just this is going to be a fun little giggle flicks to watch and uh not take seriously
0: but something that i did appreciate that they maybe did is review it for the show oh maybe maybe what do you think should we review this new fantastic four for the show hit us up
1: yeah because the one thing that i love that they put in front of it on youtube is they gave it the modern marvel logo sequence and i just thought that was hilarious <laughs> love right. it and uh the last little bit of movie news is apparently shrek is getting a reboot and i don't know why yeah that that seems odd like
0: i mean it got it got four movies right four fairly solid movies the first two are great yeah i still i two are not as good but still decent yeah, I, I just don't understand. But so it'd be a reboot, so you're, what, are they just going to tell story one all over again? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know why not how just you. Just make another sequel. Exactly. I don't know how you reboot this. Or DreamWorks. I think it's DreamWorks, right? Why don't you just come up with a new character and story altogether?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm not opposed to sequels, but I don't understand why they're calling it a reboot. I mean, DreamWorks puts out some really good stuff. Like, they're still putting out good like
0: good quality stuff and like i'm looking forward to how to train your dragon 3 some great movies yeah are not you saying too like they want the same cast and everybody like they bring back the same cast so yeah why not just do a sequel you know do what pixar does and take your time write a really good story and then like toy story every few years just bring out a really good solid sequel i mean toy story 2 and 3 are some of the best sequels that we've ever seen ever with animated or live action but you know do as you must dreamworks do what you must give me more troll hunters though possibly
1: anyway um uh, and that's really all
0: i have this week for movie news nothing on uh, riverdale yeah no riverdale news? i'm not gonna talk about riverdale
1: that's not news
0: talk some bohemian rhapsody See so you're uh you came prepared you're rocking your mercury stash right there i see i am i uh, i have a little bit of a mercury
1: stash uh after i saw this movie for the first time i coincidentally just had to shave that night and then i decided to just shave it down to a mustache and even though you can't see it i am rocking a semi freddy worthy mustache
0: me as well now granted mine came from target still rocking it though you know, it's, I, I'm really disappointed. Like, I saw this movie. If you look on our um, Instagram, we have some photos we took. And after taking the photos, like, I surely, totally should have been Freddie Mercury for, thank, or for Thanksgiving for Halloween. Why did I not be Freddie Mercury for Halloween? Because this movie didn't come out till after Halloween. I know. It's just like, ugh. Like, it's just like, ugh. I mean, I totally would have put together his... Um, Outfit he wore for the uh, Live Aid concert. Yep. I could have totally pulled it off, and it would have been amazing.
1: Yeah, kind of pulled it off.
0: Didn't think of it till a week later, though. <laughs> Shit. <Should have. laughs> anyway, so, Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I tell you, I'm pretty excited to talk about this one, Daniel. Oh, same.
1: Um, did we already say it? But I'm going to say it again. We each saw this movie twice. That we did,
0: yes, and surprisingly didn't see it with you either either time.
1: That's true. I saw it once by myself and once with uh, somebody else that isn't my wonderful co-host. And honestly, I was
0: probably better off for it. Potentially, potentially. But yeah, so yeah, I went on Saturday. That was pretty awesome, and then I went and saw it. Uh, randomly on Monday afternoon in XD. We'll talk more about that later, though. But yeah, oh, yeah. saw it twice, which is, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. So I guess let's get into it. What is Bohemian Rhapsody? Well, it, you know, it chronicles the years leading up to Queen's legendary appearance at the Live Aid concert. So basically, it goes from 1970 to 1985. So it covers a 15-year span. And yeah, wow. I mean, I guess let's just start talking about the obvious first. I know I'm going to butcher this guy's name because I'm not too familiar with him. The guy from Mr. Robot, Rami M- Malek. I I think that's how you say it. Yes, I got it. He is Freddie Mercury in this. And wow, this guy brings it. He does. He does.
1: I mean, from every review that I saw, even if it wasn't a pleasant review, almost all of them state first, like, Rami Malek is Freddie Mercury in this movie.
0: And that he was. Yeah, this guy didn't just look like Freddie Mercury. This guy, like you said, was Freddie Mercury. Everything from his mannerisms to his stage presence, his dancing, even just the way, you know, he would, his eye glance, like, he became Freddie Mercury. We were talking a few episodes back about how good Bradley Cooper was in uh, Star Wars Born. Yeah. And how he's potentially going to be up for an Oscar this year. Uh, He's got some competition coming now with Mr... Uh, Malik here. I hope so. I
1: mean, like, I really did enjoy his performance a lot. It was incredible.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure if he knew how to play the piano beforehand or not, but he learned and he was great at that as well. Not to mention that, you know, they don't use his actual voice, but he still had to learn how to lip sync like a total boss. Yeah. Yeah, he's joined by a great other cast too. Everyone from, yeah, it was it Ben Hardy to uh, Lisa? I can't, I don't know her last name. Boynton? Boynton? It's something like that too. Even Mike
1: Myers is in the movie. I know. I I didn't realize he was in the movie until I saw him. And it took me a couple times of his on-screen appearance to make me realize that it was him.
0: Yeah. I saw his name in the opening credits. So I'm like, oh, Mike Myers in this? I didn't know that. So I'm looking for him all throughout the movie. Just looking, looking, looking. Don't see any Mike Myers anywhere. There's the first scene with him. And I didn't even recognize him. And then about halfway through the second scene with him, I was like, oh, wait. There he is! Oh my gosh! All right, we'll get we'll, we'll talk about that scene more later. But great little uh, cameo there by Mike Myers playing yeah. Ray Foster, a producer slash manager of a record company. EMI loved it. Yep. Yeah. So we basically we're I guess we pick up in 1970. Freddie Mercury is uh, working at an airport. He's not Freddie Mercury quite yet. I'm trying to remember that what was his last name? It was uh, a was his last name i forget what his first actual first name was you'll have to forgive me but uh yeah he hasn't he hasn't quite met the bandmates yet so we're gonna tell you the movie version of the story we know some things here and there are changed i don't feel like it's much though because like the band itself overlooked the project but some things are changed and like i've like uh, i guess i guess we'll start with like well how we met them was a little different i guess he was in a band before he met these guys in the movie they they just show him as like he's just never been in a band before ever. some kid just some guy random guy basically that's got a good voice and just looking for the right people and this is one thing i did not know about freddie mercury was i guess his parents are middle eastern which i mean wouldn't make him middle eastern right exa- exactly Exactly. I, I had no idea i guess you could say i just never paid enough attention to him like taking a good look at him to know that but yeah i did not know that he has a middle eastern background before. i didn't know that at all
1: i i didn't know that you know i think uh before we really get much into the movie, I actually want to like just ask you, because, I mean, we're in different musical generations, for sure. Uh, but I want to know, what is your experience with Queen before this movie?
0: So, for me, I mean, I've been listening to them since probably junior high. So, like, mid-90s. Wow, that dates me. But, uh, yeah, since junior high. So, you've been... I mean, you've been listening to... Uh, Queen, like, yeah. pe- like I mean, there were a couple of classic rock stations around here, and they would play Queen all the time. They played their really big hits, like "Another One Bites the Dust." Of course, you got uh, "We Fat Will Rock You" and "Fat Bottom Girls." Yeah, yeah Fat Bottom. those are the most like radio
1: played songs, I think.
0: Yeah, so they would play like the top and like Bohemian Rhapsody. Of course, they would play like let's say the top, I don't know, five to six Queen songs all the time on repeat. So I got pretty really familiar with at least their big hits uh the only queen record i ever owned was a greatest hits cd listen to that though start to finish quite a bit though definitely enjoyed it um yeah and of course growing up in the 90s and you know definitely like by high school i've seen wayne's world a few times so of (laughs) course when you got the iconic wayne's world scene where they are singing behemoth rhapsody in the car still one of my favorite scenes in a movie in one of my favorite comedies of all time wayne's world love it yeah you know we'll have to do a throwback episode sometime soon and cover those movies Oh Yeah, great movies. But yeah, that's that's kind of my Queen background. Been listening to them for a while now. Mainly their hits, but I mean, I'm fairly familiar with them. What about you?
1: Yeah, I mean, mine's, you know, not so glamorous. I mean, I'm aware of Queen and I've listened to their hits. You know, I've just I've never been huge. Like, I can't identify as like a Queen fan, I guess. Like, it's just it's like a rock religion. And I just don't feel like I am participate enough for that. Yeah. I, I I really like a lot of their songs. Like Killer Queen obviously is one of their bigger hits, but that's probably one of my favorite Queen songs. Um, killer Queen. Yeah, I, I love that one so much. And I don't know, I just like, I can appreciate, like, I understand that they are rock and roll legends. And that's, and that was so cool. I mean, like, I've never even had the opportunity to... Even, like, Sea Queen Live. I mean, Freddie Mercury died in 91, and I was born three years after that. So it wasn't even on the table for me.
0: No, not at all. No. And I think, yeah, especially that Live Aid show, I I always always joke around that, like, if I ever had a time machine, the one thing I would use it for, really, would just be to go back and watch great music with the bands in their prime. Like, queen would be one of them go see you know michael jackson back in the day like the bad tour go see nirvana led zeppelin led zeppelin so yeah pink floyd back in their prime oh my gosh that'd be amazing but yeah yeah my experience with them, like i said i, I never really watched him live ever i knew you know i knew freddie mercury i knew what he looked like brian may roger taylor yeah you know, i knew their names but i didn't even john deacon i didn't even, like there's the bass player and i was probably had heard his name but basically i just knew freddie mercury so
1: yeah same i mean unfortunately like obviously they're part of a band but you know the face and like the iconicness of queen mostly comes from freddie mercury at least in like a layman's like
0: view of the band yeah so yeah um gosh i'm just trying to there's so much to talk about i guess our initial thoughts like I'm gonna say, we both saw it twice over the weekend. I'm going to say it's a safe bet that we both liked the movie.
1: Uh, You know what? I hated it, and I saw
0: it again just to make sure that I hated it. Yeah, just to spite your girlfriend. Like, I'll see it anyway just for you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I enjoyed myself. Like, it was a great just overall experience. My favorite parts and probably the most fun parts were just watching the band perform live. Like, those scenes were just great. The live-age show was just phenomenal, especially in XD. Like, that totally made all the difference. Yeah. No, it really did. Yeah, I mean, they did good. Like, I was—I'll I'll be honest—I was a little worried about it. Like, they—they cut some pretty good trailers for it, but I was still a little bit worried going in because I'd heard about some behind-the-scenes stuff with like Brian Singer getting fired like two weeks before they were done filming. So, and there's just. You know, numerous reports out he was like late to set and missing days. Um He was pulling a Freddie Mercury. Right. Which was kind of ironic. Right, yeah, exactly. I, but, yeah, I mean we won't go too much into Brian Singer stuff, but I will say though, um, you know, he still filmed ninety five percent of it. He did a kick ass job, I think. I think so too. I mean
1: See, I had a blast watching this. It's kinda like just following a band on tour is
0: essentially what you're doing yeah a lot of it was you know not just brian singer but like his cinematographer newton thomas siegel i think he'd had a lot to do with it too by making it was kind of like the way star was born was shot just made it interesting like the cinematography really helped push the story forward i felt I yeah i felt it was the same way of this you know what? it's funny that you say that because i know this is classified
1: under a biopic it honestly feels not quite a biopic because i mean like that's because it's bio epic but- it doesn't quite feel like a biopic to me like it actually feels more like a star is born as far as like how like the story is laid out and how it's shot like i mean a star is born isn't a biopic because it's technically all fictional it can be applied to anybody this just is queen which maybe i think i know some people think that again it does the movie a little bit of a disservice but it just kind of feels more less like a biopic and more just like a movie movie but i mean for me that's OK. I'm mean, like, I'm a very casual Queen fan, so I wasn't offended that they are presenting me a simplified version of their story. But also, I mean, they're trying to condense like two decades worth of stuff into an two hours. I mean, there's there's yeah, no way Two to
0: half hour. And yeah, I've heard several uh, reports that this is like a cut down version from almost a three hour movie. Like there's several scenes they got cuts like maybe i think i heard upwards of seven songs that have been cut oh that's too bad so but yeah if they want to put out a, a three-hour blu-ray i will watch it same Uh let's see here um trying to think here where to go so yeah i mean obviously you know Freddie's out just check hanging out checking out the band and meets them in the back and right before Freddie, he wants to just, you know go meet him right before that happens the his their lead singer quits just like hey i'm done like this is going nowhere Like, we're wasting our time. Goodbye. Yeah. And, you know, Freddie walks up moments later like, hey, what's going on? I know. And that's just. I love you guys. Can't wait to see you again.
1: I know. I I just think that's hilarious, too, that the guy's just like, I'm going with this band that nobody's ever heard of uh, because our band's going nowhere. And then, you know, walking
0: Freddie Mercury with the beginnings of Queen minus their bass player. (laughs) Yeah. They kind of touch on that, too. So he yeah, does a quick little five second audition for him and then like. Well, do you know how to play the bass? <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> I thought that was great. Just what you see here and the voice, like, that's it. But hey, we'll make it work. But yeah, so uh, they start, what, what were they called? Smiles? Uh, Don't Forget to Smile don't was, forget to was smile, the band name right. that he joins. Yeah, part of this kind of reminds me of the uh, Pearl Jam story just a little bit. Um, Gosh, it's been a while since I saw their documentary. But uh, Pearl Jam almost didn't exist unless this one guy had... Well, he, he didn't quit the band; He died. And the remains of that became, you know, got together any veteran was birthed Pearl Jam from that. So it's almost similar to that. Interesting. How it took one person to just disappear, essentially, to create something legendary out of it.
1: Yeah. To make room for what would be. This movie is, I mean, it, it kind of gets you... it. it you know it lets you get to know the characters obviously other characters besides freddie mercury too like i mean as far as my like i mean the first time i saw this movie i was actually kind of confused because like i said like i'm a very casual queen fan i don't know like deep deep down into like the band's history or freddie mercury's like personal life so when i first watched it like i'm just thinking like okay freddie mercury like the uh the gay superstar who was just an amazing stage performer. And when I was watching the movie, uh Mary who I had no idea who she was and I was just kind of confused.
0: Yeah, and I mean ca- call
1: her. it call it ignorance if you will, but I just I had no idea about her existence. I so know. I mean like early in the movie when the band's like starting to like performing and picking up steam like he proposes to her and I was just like sitting there like not knowing what was going on because i'm like well isn't he like not into women and i so like what's going on here yeah that's kind of that was kind of my thought so i was kind of confused the first time around you know and i know it's not t for t like realistic but like there's things like that that i had no idea about which you know it was very cool to learn that i had no idea about her Although, in post-reading, I found out that she is quite a big deal.
0: Yeah, no, that's I did a little bit of research after the movie, too, and apparently she's the only person that knows about the whereabouts of his ashes. Yeah, I,
1: I read that, too, that she uh, spread them in, like, secret, and Freddie didn't want
0: anybody to know where he was buried. So that's pretty interesting. But yeah, I, I had no idea that he had a long-lost love. I mean, she was essentially the long lost love of his life, and I had no idea ab- about that at all. But yeah, I learned a lot, like, from this movie, like, just... About Freddie himself, the band, a little bit. I will say, I if there's any um, negative to speak of this movie, I would say I wanted to know more about the other bandmates. Like, there's plenty of footage of them all together as a band. But I wanted to go into their personal lives a little bit, too. Like, you get to know their family lives, maybe just a tiny bit. Not not too much, but at least a little bit. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, the only time you
1: see them is when they're around Freddy. You never see them without Freddy. You see Freddy by himself, but you never see the other bandmates without Freddy. Yeah, so I
0: would have liked a little bit of that. But otherwise, I mean, it's good stuff. I guess that's what Wikipedia is for. You just look yeah. them up on there. I mean,
1: like... I think, I mean, if you, I think if you go into a movie thinking everything you need to know about anything is going to be explained in a movie, I think you're going to be sorely disappointed. But like, I, I think, uh a good movie even like a good documentary that are mostly informational based is just you watch it if you enjoy it it should spark your uh, your ambition to just like go off on your own and research and look up like how things actually happen if it differs at all and i think this movie did make me want to do that i mean obviously i looked up i i mean i looked up uh more of the history of band, more of freddie mercury's personal history and other bandmates too
0: yeah, I watched, like, snippets bits of documentaries on YouTube. Like, yeah, like you said, it definitely made me want to, like, more, learn more. Like, I liked it so much, I'm like, I want to know more about these guys, like, more about their history. Not just their songs, but just more of their personal history. So I went back and, like... Yeah, I watched some old interviews, um, watched some footage of you know Freddie Mercury like m- more closer towards his death. One thing I found in research is that I had no idea that he sported a George Michael beard later in his career. That kind of came as a surprise. I'd just never seen him with a beard before. But yeah, I guess in the late 80s, early 90s, he grew one out. As far as the movie goes, I'm trying to think of some things that surprised me in this. Definitely the Mary stuff. I had no idea who she was, that she even existed. Yeah, it sounds like we kind of both went into
1: this like... And like we were we knew the snapshot of Queen as huge rock and roll stars with a crazy awesome front man. But we didn't know
0: anything that wasn't like that picture. Right. What would you say Paul was like his like the band's manager, I guess? He I mean, he
1: started out as just like a hand just essentially like the the he kind of seemed like he started out as just like the intern right. that uh was just like Fred, get freddy some coffee get freddy like you just take care of freddy it's your job
0: yeah i had no idea who he was or what his that he existed either so yeah i mean there's definitely some stuff i learned in this movie like i feel like i knew like a little more than you about the band going in but uh, there's still so much that to learn in this but yeah i'm trying to think of some things that stuck out i mean there's so much that happened like i I'm trying to think of some fun scenes here. One scene I liked was when they first are recording on BBC. And yes. they have, like, it's almost fake instruments. And they're, like, asking them, like, lip sync. And they're, like, let just play our own instruments.
1: I know. I, I do love that, too. I mean, like, they're hitting the drums and, like, the, uh, the cymbals are just, like, cardboard or something. And yeah and that's i i think they probably still do that today i mean you know i yeah and the band just like we we know how to play our instruments you know i just think that's hilarious although (laughs) i remember uh, it was the i think it was the bass player that in that particular scene he just uh he says uh oh well i'm relieved perfect performance no pressure (laughs)
0: Yeah. Essentially. Yeah, that was pretty good. And one thing, we, we, we mentioned the other guys, too. Um, I will say the, the actors that play them, I can never pronounce this guy's name, Wilm, Lee, who played Brian May. He was spot on. Same with Ben Hardy playing Roger Taylor. Those dudes were spot on as well. And if you go watch some YouTube videos of them and then go see the movie, it totally looks like you're just watching young versions of them.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, I mostly just went back and watched Freddie. R- I mean,
0: Malik still sticks out, but these two were still good. Yeah. Like, definitely good choices there. Originally, um, I don't know if you knew this or not, but originally, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen was going to play Freddie Mercury.
1: I had heard about that, and I remember I remember initial, like, rumblings about that years ago, and I'm just like, I mean, isn't that the guy who does Borat? Yes. And I'm just, I guess that's really... Or is
0: that, or is that the guy that does Bruno? Yes. Probably or is he the one, dictator guy.
1: One or the other. One of those. But guys. I mean, it's just that's all I knew him from. So I'm just like, how is he going to do this? I mean, he kind of he kind of has the look, but I'm I'm really glad that they went with Rami Malik because he looks exactly if I mean, he looks like Freddie Mercury, like he plays the part and lives
0: the part. Clearly, you have not seen Sweeney Todd with Sasha Baron Cohen. <laughs> Is he in there? <laughs> yeah, he's actually got a really good sequence in that, there, are a couple scenes, in there another uh, really I got, stick out. I,
1: I didn't get far in that movie. Yeah,
0: no. I'd be curious to see what he w- would be like in this movie, but relieved and thankful that we got Rami Malek. Yeah, I'm relieved that they've you know if we we're, were I was excited a couple years ago when he was attached, but since he didn't work out, they found the next best thing.
1: I I would argue
0: probably even better than that. Yeah, I mean I don't I know. Think he, be, I think they
1: might have found the best
0: thing. I'd be curious because. to still see um a, a version with the Barron Cohen, but that will never happen. So I'm trying to think of some uh, scenes that stuck out here.
1: You know what? I'm I'm just gonna say right now. I think we'll just call spoilers, even though this is. More than anything, like a Queen album, it's a musical experience. There are some twists and turns that you might not know of the band. I mean, like, I think anything we say is just, I guess, just kind of spoilery. But we're just going to talk about the band's journey as far as the movie goes. And I don't think we'll be able to spoil it because, like I said, it's just an experience. Like, we had a great experience watching this. So let's just get into it
0: let's get into it all right freddy joins the band they perform live which i will say this this stuck out as a great moment wasn't they first showed them performing together he goes to uh he wants he wants to have the microphone with him and it's like nailed down to the ground and he's like trying to yeah. get it try, and everyone in the band is looking i'm like what is he doing Yeah. And he's like,
1: come on, just get
0: that. that." Even the audience is like, what's going on there? Finally, he breaks it out and then starts doing his thing that we've all seen in, you know, Freddie Mercury performing live. Just
1: dancing and running around the entire stage instead of being nailed down to one spot.
0: Yeah, that was a great moment. So, yeah, he's he's joined the band. They decide, you know, like, let's change our name. We want to be something different. That's when, you know, Freddie comes up with Queen there. Yeah. And that's uh that's something to
1: mention right off the bat is this movie doesn't waste any time with the early years before their queen. It kind of just like introduces characters and then just kind of rushes it up to when they form queen officially.
0: Yeah. There's a great scene, too, um, before they get their first record deal deal. Excuse me. We've been, we're drinking beer. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um was that family scene, like the, ba- all the band members and stuff are at Freddie's house. They're talking to his parents, uh, Mary's with them and her father is there. There's actually a pretty good sequence there is he's telling her. So her, um, her father is deaf and he's got a translator with him and he's, well, Mary's translating. Ma- Mary's doing the trans. I thought there was a guy, another guy next to him translating. I don't, I don't think Maybe so. Not. Okay. Maybe I made that up. So anyway, <laughs> he's like, just, you know, tell your dad, I appreciate him and things like that. And, She's like, I already did. And then he's like, well, tell him, you know, this nice compliment. She's like, I already did. Well, tell your dad his daughter is an epic shag. And she's like, Freddie, he can read lips. <laughs> and he just kind of looks
1: over at the table, and the dad's just like giving him a look. And
0: it's, <laughs> oh, that was a great moment. Well, that was pretty good. But in that that sequence though, what I liked about that scene, though, is Freddie's like playing the piano, singing happy birthday to himself. And that's when he reveals his new name, Freddie Mercury, and his dad a little displeased about it. He's like, well, like, what are you doing? You're, you're changing the family name now, too? It's like, well, yeah, I've got a passport and everything.
1: Yeah, I didn't actually know that. And I'm, I think this is actually legit that Freddie Mercury legally changed his name, well, to Freddie Mercury from his birth name. And I didn't know that. I thought Freddie Mercury was just
0: purely a stage name. I just always assumed that that was his name and that his parents were Mr. and Mrs. Mercury. So, yeah, that was a great scene there. And so the band, you know, they're formed. They want to cut a deal. So what do they do? They sell their van in order to raise some funds to go cut a record.
1: Yeah, you know what? I, I thought that was hilarious. And I really, really liked the fact that they just go into a studio give the producer all of their money i think they said like three months wages and the cost of the van that they sold mm-hmm. and they're literally just like in there all night just like trying crazy stuff recording uh all these random sound effects like they they pour quarters on a drum they start swinging a uh, An amp through the room, and they're trying all these crazy experimental ways to record
0: songs. That's pretty cool, though. I mean, like they they went all out. You know, they went broke. They're like, but we got a dream. You know, we don't got any money. We're giving it all we got, but we have a you know we have a dream, and that's what we're gonna hold on to. I really I really like that. But yeah, they you know they put out put out the first album. You know, they become a hit, and you know, there's a great sequence of them performing live all over the place. I like that a lot. And then you know, of course, they announce a uh, American tour. Yeah. So there's a good thing was them performing at like Madison Square Garden.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, they they go throughout uh, the U.S. They call out our hometown and there, don't be jealous, but they call out Portland. Although it could be Portland, Maine, but I they, say, they
0: just say Portland. The, the, sec- the first time around, I'm like, yeah, they called out Portland. And then the, uh, the second view, and I'm like, well, I guess that could have been Maine they were talking about. Shoot. It's possible, <laughs> we'll, but that's probably why they don't say the state. We'll pretend it's Portland, Oregon.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: Sorry, man. What a fun movie, just as far as, like, just the experience. It's just a great experience. Like, all the live performances are good. I mean, everything behind the scenes, you know, like, you know, they show his, him and Mary's struggle. I thought they projected that really good. Right, yeah. They And it's not like one minute he's in love with her, the next minute, boom, gay. Okay. Like, they show kind of a transition of him, like, finding an attraction towards men. Like, it's, it's a slow transition. Like, you can tell he's struggling inside, like like you know like i love this woman but like for some reason like i just i'm attracted to this over here
1: yeah you know i did really appreciate that i mean he co- even uh after he come like he comes out to marry uh event like they stay friends but i like how they didn't just like Oh, well, I can't be mad at you because you have no control. I mean, she kind of says that. I mean, she, well, she says that she can't even really like be mad because it's not even like his choice.
0: It's, she kind of goes down a list of like, I've been broken up for this, been broken up from a guy because of this. Now I'm dealing with this. Are you kidding me?
1: Yeah, you know, and it's just like, she's just upset because at that point they were engaged, if not married. I think they I were just think, engaged. I don't think
0: they ever got married, so they, they were definitely engaged. I don't think they were ever married, though. Uh, at least I haven't seen anything saying that, pointing to that. Same, but I like how they
1: do go that, like, just slightly down the road, she's still, like, hesitant about it. And just, like, you know, like, they're just working through some stuff. But eventually, like, especially, like, when you see her, like, when they're doing, like, their time jumps, like, years later, she's still there because she's Freddy's friend and they just believe in each other it's i guess the tagline that they use for that yeah and i just thought that was really cool and well, i'm well, really glad yeah, I thought it was That that's great
0: because i mean he still loved her he still really loved her he just couldn't i guess you could say physically be with her but he still loved her like he was crazy about her exactly but he couldn't he knew he couldn't hold on to her and had to let her go essentially so she could go live her life still and he could go live his but i mean it, it's a beautiful story though yeah, no, I, I did really like that part. I mean, when, when Queen makes it big and he's got money, he buys a really nice house and he buys her the house next door to him so that, well, he, he says that she can come over and visit him and the cats, which is, that's one thing I did not know about Freddie Mercury. A um, little side trip there is he he's, is into cats. He is a crazy cat lady. Yeah, he loves his cats. I mean,
1: in, my, in one of the scenes, when, like, right after he buys the house and he's giving somebody the tour, he's talking about how each cat has his own separate room. It's not like he has two cats. He has like five cats. And he's talking about how three of them are going to have their own rooms upstairs and two of
0: them have their own rooms downstairs. Right. Here's how good this movie <laughs> is, is I uh, almost want to go get a cat now.
1: Really? Because after this movie, I just wanted to listen to Queen. But all right. <laughs>
0: well, cheers to that. Cheers to the little kitties. Oh, they're just so cute though. I know. It's been years since I've had Although one. the only one I remember their name miss, is Romeo. Uh, so it makes me miss Titus. He's a good old cat. Yeah, he's this cat Addie. He was an evil genius and died too young. Yeah. Well,
1: at least Romeo was the cute one in the movie.
0: Yeah, but yeah. So, but back to Freddie and Mary. But yeah, buys buys a house next door for her to stay in, and I don't know. They just you know they they keep in contact. She's at shows when she can be, and it's just it's just beautiful. It's a beautiful relationship, even though it didn't work out romantically in the long run. It's still a beautiful relationship, and yeah, it's just. I enjoyed every minute of it on screen. I did too. What's your favorite part of the movie? I mean, we're in spoilers already. What's your favorite part? You know what? My
1: favorite part by far, and I think this is an obvious choice, is just the live performances that they show are just incredible. And I can't remember which one was my favorite. I think... Think it was the live performance when they're performing "We Will Rock You" live. But honestly, all of the live performances that they show them doing, because they show the main ones, they show is, is are, that where
0: he's shirtless, wearing the tie. I think I so. Think, I I think it is. Yes,
1: I think that's the one because that was my favorite like performance that they do. Um, that one, that one, and what was the other song? I guess. Uh, Another one bites the dust. You know, something that happens in this movie is they get in fights, and then they write one of their epic songs. Yeah. they It goes, they get in, the band gets in a huge fight, and then they write one of their epic songs, and it just, like, kind of follows that through the main concerts in the movie. And, you know, I don't know if that's actually how it
0: happened, but it worked really well for the movie. Definitely. Yeah, and I, I haven't looked this up yet to see if it's true fact or not, but to go record a night at the opera, they go out to a farmland where it's just no distractions and that's where they come up with this brilliant album containing the one and only bohemian rhapsody and you know
1: actually i forgot to mention one of the other things that really surprised me was that i mean bohemian rhapsody is just one of the biggest songs like that's the like the song for queen and the album i guess but when they released the song they show a bunch of excerpts from articles and reviews about how poorly it was actually received when it was initially released.
0: Yeah, that was something... I didn't know the song was an initial fail. I just always assumed that it was this mega classic rock hit that one day ended up in the movie Wayne's World.
1: No, neither did I. And so that was kind of something I was surprised about. Because that's just... And that leads us to actually the best like one-liner... But it it ties into Mike Myers
0: cameo in Wayne's World. So yeah, why do we why don't we just talk about this? We're in spoilers now. So this is one of my favorite scenes of the whole movie. So Mike Myers pay, plays this um, EMI executive, EMI executive named Ray Foster. There's a couple scenes. You know, first scene, he, you know. They're like, we're going to go make this album, Night the Opera. It's going to be a little different than what you're used to, but we're going to go off and make this album. He's just like, I don't know. Nah, kind of skeptical, but fine. Go ahead. Go do it. They come back. They play in Bohemian Rhapsody. The band keeps reassuring him how great the album is and that they want Bohemian Rhapsody to be their first single on the radio. And he's just like, ah, just very, very hesitant. Like, I just, I just, I, I don't know. Like, one the song is too long. Yeah, it's six minutes. And, it's, you know, it's like, you know, back then the average was three. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's just too long. Like, it just, no, like, it's just, it, it just can't do it. And he's like, what about I'm in love with my car? Like, uh, you know, that's a song teenagers can crack the volume up in their car and bang their heads to. Not Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody. It, Bohemian Rhapsody will never be that song, which, and I was just, I was probably one of the few people in the audience that really found what made that scene so funny is it's Mike Myers saying that, who, of course, made the most iconic headbanging scene that's ever been in a movie to that song.
1: Yeah, that's the opening scene for Wayne's World. Or one, not the the opening scene, but it's like yeah, it's five like, minutes in man. and you're already singing
0: Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, no one under 20 in the audience was laughing because they were just like... All right, but yeah, everybody my age or older was like, ah, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, so I saw an interview with Mike Myers. Apparently, they called him up and was like, hey, you want to do this? It's like, we need you to be a guy that's not into Behemoth Rhapsody. And he was like, done. Like, well, do you want to read the script first? No. No, I'm good. I'm in. Let's do it. So, yeah, I think I was on. he was on the late show Steam. Steam colbert uh it was kind of funny too because he talked about in that interview he talked about um how producers uh in Wayne, of wayne's world wanted a guns and roses song instead of bohemian rhapsody and he fought him tooth and nail to get bohemian rhapsody in there yeah and, i mean just just think of how much different and uniconic that scene would have been if welcome to the jungle played. that's in every yeah. other movie yeah welcome to the jungle like oh gosh it just no I mean, that's one of the most iconic scenes in any movie, especially a comedy ever. For sure. <laughs> Definitely one of the most iconic car scenes ever. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, But anyway, so that just that made for just a great moment there though with Mike Myers playing that character. I would say one of my favorite scenes. The live stuff is great, but at the very end, the live aid concert. Wow. The, they did and I'm, i mean, we're talking about attention to detail, just an immaculate job of recreating this whole thing. I mean, you, we, I think, yeah, you were with me. We went back a couple days ago and we just watched on YouTube, the live aid concert start to finish and holy cow, do they get so much stuff, right? Like from Freddie's movements during certain parts of certain songs i mean yeah they na- they nailed the entire dance s- dance. the entire stage it just completely recreated and looks exactly like it does like on the actual live aid youtube videos yes and uh,
1: what i mean i think you mentioned this but like the like the detail that they put into that scene was incredible because even when we were watching the youtube video of the live concert um there's when uh freddie's sitting down playing the piano you see purple lights like reflecting off of his hair and in the movie they even have those purple lights reflecting off his hair while he's playing the while he's playing the piano
0: yeah and i've never seen the live Aid show till we watched it the other day so when i i remember seeing the purple hair and when i saw it in the youtube video i was just like these guys are just like downright geniuses and nailed it they played i think what six songs i want to say um total of the actual live age show yeah back in 1985 in the movie they cut two songs short um which was pretty cool because i still thought yeah they're, maybe they're gonna show like one song and then kind of skip ahead like Fast forward to like the last song and then they'll do their goodbyes. But no, they kept going and going and going song after song. And I mean, what does it seem like maybe 20 minutes? And it's just it's just amazing. And you saw the in XD also the second time, I think. Yeah, I saw it in Standard the
1: first time and XD the second time per a recommendation.
0: Yeah, and I don't usually see movies in XD. I just happened it just fit for the time of day to go see the in XD. And wowza, I mean, that made all the difference. And it you- was... You feel like
1: you're there. Yeah. You feel like you're watching like a live concert, or at least a live recording of a concert like it. They nailed the feeling. The added quality was awesome. Like it was it just elevated the movie.
0: Yeah. No, it was. Oh gosh, it just made for one of my favorite scenes ever. Like it was just so good. But yeah, the live A show. Wow. Um, That was, you know, it's at the end of the movie, but it's worth it. Like, you you know, it's worth the wait to get there. And that's another thing, too, is like this movie is shot and edited so well that two hours and 15 minutes go by pretty quick.
1: No, they, they really do. And... I, I mean, when I watched it the second time, I was just like sitting there enjoying myself. And then they get to the live aid concert. And I was just kind of thinking like, oh, sh- oh we're, we're already here. Oh, all right. Well, this this is awesome. Like, this is I mean, all the live shows in this movie are the reason for the season. And the live aid concert that they have at the end is just an amazing send off for the movie.
0: One scene I liked, too, um, was the firing of his uh, manager jim and the or excuse me john in the limo yeah and i think that was a great part so he's telling him like you need to just go separate you know you need to ditch these guys and go separate he, he actually gave a pretty good statistic he's like so last year do you know who sold four percent of all the records worldwide worldwide michael jackson not the jackson five michael jackson that could be you freddie and Freddy is like, you're trying to break up my family? Like, just goes berserk on him, kicks him out of the limo. Thought that was a great moment. Fast forward to a, actually go back a little bit. Uh, at one of his parties, he uh, has a uh, servant there uh, that's helping with the drinks and everything named Jim Hutton. They kind of have a moment. And Jim tells him, like, you can look me up when you... What, what does it say? Like, well, he,
1: uh, he, uh Freddie says to Jim, he's like, I, I like you, Jim. He's like, I like you too, Freddie, but you can look me up when you like yourself. Great moment
0: there. So this, this is just before the live age, actually the day of live age show, they show him going to Jim's house, knocking on his door and they kind of reunite. He takes him to the live age show and I don't know. So this is a guy, you know, to do some research. I think they actually tell them the post credits too. basically became his, what would you say? Boyfriend between between that that, point on I mean essentially that
1: became his life partner until Freddie Mercury died
0: in 1991 yeah so but yeah him meeting him like they had some good moments though it was only a few scenes but they still had some good moments that stuck out there yeah and I don't know we've talked about so much good stuff one thing I had a question of who is the woman in the black and white portrait hanging on his wall in his mansion
1: you know I don't know I know that's a very classic
0: iconic actress it looked like from like somewhere between 20s and 50s era and I cannot make out who that would have been I'm as soon as I hear it it's gonna be like oh duh but yeah I could not make out who that was I'm just I'm trying to think of some uh what are some good we've covered so much good stuff here um anything else you want to talk about um I don't oh
1: man you know what? I just I feel like it this has been less a movie review and just kind of gushing about Queen but rock and roll in general and You know, I just, I really enjoyed this movie. I mean, we've talked about like the main portions and I just, I loved it. I know that it's not 100% accurate. I've seen that like how... I've read some stuff about how some scenes aren't accurate. And that's, I mean, that's okay to me. Like, the main purpose of a movie like this is to get you interested in the history of whatever it's portraying. In this case, it's the history of Queen.
0: And that's a really good point because, yeah, not only did both of us like the movie so much that we went and saw it a second time within the same week, but we've also, you know, got it on YouTube. And since then, and you know did some research on the band a little bit watched some live videos of them performing just watched some documentary videos and i'm still curious to find out more i would say the movie did a good job i'm trying i was trying to think of any other good points um that close up here i think they did a great job with the band i really enjoyed all their interactions together especially like when they were at the house recording a night at the opera yeah there were some great sequences there but just the whole recording of um bohemian rhapsody itself like galileo do it again only higher galileo No, again, higher. How many Galileos do you want? Yeah. (laughs) Some good stuff there. But yeah, everybody was good, though. Like, all four band members... Together was great. Their chemistry was good. They and they had the kind of chemistry like you know like you get along sometimes. You don't get along sometimes. It, it like they say they actually make point of this in the movie. It's like a family. Just sometimes you're just not getting along for a while, but still, you're at the end of the day, you're still family.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: And they kind of they had a really good family aspect of it in the movie too that I quite enjoyed. Yeah, gosh, I don't know. Like I think we've covered quite a bit here. Should we any closing thoughts, or should we just go straight into grading this out?
1: Uh, you know what? I think. The grades have already been spoiled. I mean, we each saw this twice. We both loved it. It went down even better the second time. Honestly, I, I loved this movie. I could see myself watching this movie all the time. You know, it was just a fun movie. And while I know it's not 100% historically accurate, I think it did its job in showing you a, like, a, a cool portrait of just a rock and roll band. And for me, it was especially cool because I have no nostalgia attached to this band like I know who Queen is, I know some of their songs, but I never really knew the history, like, in the in the slightest. So this uh, this uh did its job for me. It was informing me about some stuff and made me want to learn more about it. So, I I mean, I would just give this a solid A-plus for me. I
0: loved it. A plus. Yeah, for me, um yeah, like you said, like, great movie. I loved it. And it's not... historically accurate. There's a few things in the timeline that's a little bit... uh, One thing we didn't talk about was his um, battle with AIDS at all. One thing that's out of the sequence of the timeline is in the movie, he tells the band right before um, they go to live aid that he's got the AIDS. Right. I guess he didn't tell them for a few years later. Like, he really kept it a secret for a while. Well, actually... uh what,
1: what I had read is Freddie Mercury, he wasn't diagnosed with AIDS till two years after the Live Aid
0: concert. Okay, so there's there's a few things, but you know what? Um, I think my, my only complaint about the movie is everything we talked about. It's great. I loved it. Uh, I wanted to see more of the personal lives of the other band members a little bit because you really... You only see them when they're with Freddie. I wanted to see them a little bit on their own with their families, a little bit more, because it is—it's still about Queen and not necessarily Freddie Mercury's story, even though he is kind of the center point of it. It's still about Queen itself. So I'm gonna say Soliday, which is, you know, just behind you. But yeah, what a great movie. I mean, here's the here's the thing that like if uh, somebody, let's say Queen didn't exist and somebody just pulled this script out of their rear end and just wrote it as an original story about a rock band in the 70s. Like, holy cow. What a great story that somebody just wrote. And I mean, that would be like movie of the year, like, you know, winning an Oscar movie of the year, best picture of the year kind of stuff right there. This movie is fun. It's just, it keeps you going. It, it brings the energy. It never gets boring ever. Like, it's just... Yeah, it brings it. And you are just engaged from start to finish. Especially, like, like I said, we saw it in XD, and that was just quite an experience in and of itself. Especially with the Live Aid concert at the end was just amazing in XD. So, yeah, definitely a solid A for me. I'm going to, you know, I'll forgive it for not being 100% accurate, but it, there's it's still got majority of stuff right. So, yeah, what, what are people thinking about it? Like, I'm so... so all right. Rotten Tomatoes has it at sixty percent with the critics, which I'm really—that seems really, really low to me. Audience has it at ninety-five. So go, audience. It's you know it's kind of funny
1: how I mean I heard um, this isn't my original thought. I'm not going to take credit for this, but somebody pointed out that in the movie, movie it shows how Bohemian Rhapsody, the song, came out and had such mixed reviews. Like the critics hated it, but like the you know the fans of Queen loved it, and. As far as what I've been seeing is the audience score for Rotten Tomatoes is 95% and the critic score is 60%, which is kind of screwed up that the Grinch animated movie got a higher rating
0: than the Queen movie. Hey, could be good, but we'll see. But you know what? But no, I, six, 60 definitely seems a little low, though. Uh, I mean, it's kind of funny, too, because like uh, Rotten Tomatoes essentially is it's not like a three or five star, you know, rating system. It's thumbs up or thumbs down. And I think even if it's not completely historical accurate, you got to at least give it a thumbs up. Like there's nothing thumbs down about this movie. So I mean this should be in the 90s. Like I don't I just don't get it. I don't know. So uh like in the movie itself, how it shows uh
1: like, you know, snippets of like mag- magazine and bad reviews for Bohemian Rhapsody itself, we're gonna read a couple favorite bad reviews from Rotten Tomatoes that I especially liked. So the first one that I found on Rotten Tomatoes says Bohemian Rhaps- Rhapsody desperately wants the accolade of being a greatest hits album and ends up playing more like a one-hit wonder. Wow! I, <laughs> I mean, personally. This just makes me laugh because I enjoyed the movie so much that I just I just like <laughs> I just like the bad reviews because it has it's very divisive. Audience loved it, critics not so much. Mr. Adams, if we were allowed to cuss on this show, I would cuss you out right now. Yeah, and the next one that I have is the problem is inevitably the song ends, and when they do, you might wish you had just put on a record instead.
0: <laughs> no way, I. I wow
1: man i mean it is essentially like listening to a greatest hits album but the performances that they do in the movies for the songs just like drag you in and they're All the awesome rap. yeah and the last one that i have here that was probably my favorite bad review for this movie is bohemian rhapsody is the fast food of music biopics it looks delicious in its advertisements, but is ultimately tasteless and leaves you with nothing but uh, dissatisfaction.
0: <laughs> wow! <laughs> this is the McDonald's of biopics. Uh, there's been a lot worse biopics out there. Trust me, a lot worse. Than there, this. De- there
1: definitely has. And I think just the reason why is because it's Queen and they are literal
0: legends. At of the rock very, and at very least, this is the Red Robin of biopics. Come on now.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, and I just, we just read those because one, it's just funny. We, I mean, we both really enjoyed this and just, it's kind of weird
0: seeing how low of a score it got. So I thought it was fun to just read a few of those for you guys. Well, well, I see one guy here too. I'm looking at your same thing. There's nothing interesting or exciting about this portrayal of Freddie Mercury. Are you kidding me? Like this... Uh, Rami Malik dude, nailed it. Everybody, like, this whole thing was cast so well. Like, every, for every band member, uh, the gal that plays Mary Austin, just everybody, the, I just, they nailed it. I just, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand it. I mean, that's why, I guess, you know, audience has it at 95, critics have it at 60. Well, whatever. It's showing in the box office. I mean, worldwide, it made $145 million over the weekend. So, people are going out and seeing it and liking it. Yeah. So. And, and yeah, I mean at the very least this is just a good time at the theaters. Acting is great, the story is great. Um the music is amazing and there's some just some great sequences like the all the live stuff, but even the in-betweens though are still really good. Like there's like I love that scene with um freddie and Mary in the rain talking. Yeah. That is a great scene with them. It's just it's such good stuff. I would say get out there and go see it. And if you can before it's out of XD theaters. Go see it in XD. Yeah, that's kind of a Cinemark thing. I'm sure other theaters have some other form of super high def, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, go check it out though in XD. Like totally worth it. You, especially at the end, you feel like you're there in the stadium watching them perform at Live Aid. It's just it's just awesome.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, just go and see it. Have a good time and try not to sing along.
0: Right, and then like like Daniel just said, at the very least, you're gonna have a good time. Like, that's it. At the very least, you're just going to go have a good time. I mean, I walked out with a smile on my face out of this movie. Like, I was just pumped. I've got the soundtrack on Spotify and I've just been cranking that the last few days. Yeah, same. I mean, I, first thing I did when I got out of theater was I
1: listened to Killer Queen
0: because that's my favorite one. Yeah, one thing I I like about the soundtrack, we'll talk about this just briefly and then close up here. They have a couple, like, unique versions of some songs like in uh, We Will Rock You. They start out with the studio version and then halfway through cut to a live version. That's really cool. And they've got this killer live version that I've never heard of before, Fat Bottom Girl, which is one of my favorite Queen songs. And this... This live version just kicks ass. I love it. It does. But yeah. um, Yeah, I think Daniel and I both agree. Get out there and go see some Bohemian Rhapsody. All right, Daniel, where can our audience find us? Well, you know, if you want to find
1: us, you can hit us up on Twitter and Instagram with movies underscore brews. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast... On iTunes, we're on iTunes, but we're also on Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify if you prefer to use those more. We're on just about anywhere you can find us. But yeah, just uh, hit us up. Let us know what you think of Bohemian Rhapsody. And also, let us know what other movies you want us to cover next. Yeah,
0: leave us some comments on our Instagram. I'd love to hear uh, what people think. Uh, it'd be great to just to interact with you a little bit here and see who listens to us. Uh, that's all the time we have for today. Join us next time on Movies and Brews. Cheers! Cheers!
1: Easy go, will you let me go? Bismillah No, we will not let you go Let him go Bismillah We will not let you go Let him go Bismillah We will not let you go Let me go We will not let you go Let me go No, 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 go. No. Oh, mamma mia, mamma mia Mamma mia, let me go Beelzebub has a devil Put aside for me